Good evening, everybody. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I don't know. There's a lot going on right now. There's I mean, a lot going on. That's this very real. This sleepiness. But and the yes. sleepiness is just a product or this a is, fruit. This, this is a sleepy edition. Of the... No. This is not <laughs> ASMR. No. No. And good evening, yes, good everyone. Evening, Welcome to... Well, whenever you're listening to this, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. For us, right now, as we're recording it, it, it is evening. Should have clarified that for the people. I mean, I try. I try. But yes, y'all, welcome, welcome to um, a seat at the table, aka Sunday dinner, uh, where we just talk about all things life, mental health, spiritual, spirituality, and everything in between. From um, a psychology perspective and a ministerial or a Christian or a biblical. There we go, biblical perspective. Okay, I'm done. There we go. You are. I'm your host for Future Doctor Zo. I'm Wait, what? To, what what's your be, name? I'm trying not to be the ASMR right now. What is your name? The future Dr. Zone. You said it so quickly. I didn't even understand what you said. Wow. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, y'all. The future Dr. Zone here with my co-host. The lovely Lady Z. Thank I'll go you. ahead and add that in Go ahead. Yeah, I was waiting for you. <laughs> That's what the alley you was for, okay. You know, anyway. if you guys could see the hands. <laughs> they do talk. Yes, they really do. Yeah, they all have a character. Normally, we would be having uh, a video version of this, but yes. our memory card wanted to act a hot fool. So, yeah. so we are. Audio only. It is audio only this episode. But yes, we are getting the first episode together right now. Um,. We're um, also going to be working on the second one. If not, we may be re-recording that. But part three is going to be recorded now because we want to push our content for you guys. So there we go. Winning. So this is going to be a part three. <clears throat> Yay. Excuse me. Part three Yay. discussion of mental health reform. And just kind of this one is going to be more of more in depth of the why and why everyone including um those of us who are psychologists psychiatrists um in mental the mental health field um as well yes mental health professionals yes why why we just need therapy mm. and why we <laughs> are and how nobody is exempt from that clearly <laughs> i have to fix my face i mean <laughs> y'all should right. i mean because i mean the thing is is that um you know we're not exempt from having problems as well i think there's a misconception that people think if you're a therapist that you have everything together problem free you are problem free the lies. Just like any person and every person, even a doctor needs a doctor as far as a medical, yes. physical therapy, whatever. You name the type of doctor, another doctor needs that doctor. <laughs> right. It is the same thing in the mental health field. Yes, yes. Um, we all need each other. Everybody. We really do. We need each other. So really this is do. kind of this is kind of pushing and not just advocating, but really just encouraging and pushing people that if you haven't already to please if you're thinking about it or if you notice yourself going through any personal issues any um crises any 
any just developmental lifelong issues that have been gnawing at the back of your mind mm. and um, you've been stressed about, worried about, anxious about, um, talk to somebody, right. reach out to somebody um, because it is important. And that is why, as the old saying goes, why God made therapists. Mm-hmm. That whole saying, because <laughs> talking is therapeutic, believe it or not. You know, okay, because that it was that, and then also like addressing the the difference between people that want to go to therapy voluntarily, mm-hmm. and then others that are mandated to go mm-hmm. to therapy. So, what kind of people? We're going to, I would like to start with that if that's possible. Because yes. I think it's kind of quick. What kind of people are mandated to go to therapy? Well, mandated therapy, for those of you who aren't aware. So, mandated therapy is essentially, it's being forced or thrusted upon you to go to therapy. And it's almost, it usually comes with a sort of caveat, if you will. So, it's like, if you don't attend the however many sessions, however length of time that is ascribed to you from the courts or the judge. Mm. Usually you lose your freedom in the form of jail time for X amount of years. So mandated, co-ordered, as as we know it as um, therapy is yeah, it's it's for people who um, have done some sort of crime, have done some sort of act that the courts are, you know, they feel that if this person talks it out, works through their issues, um, you know, gets a handle on what's really going on with them and is able to address it, then um, they'll be a better person and they will, they don't need they don't need to uh, sit behind a four by four cell mm. in an orange jumpsuit for so, X amount of time. <laughs> so I got another question because I'm Aziza. Um, <laughs> don't judge me. But anyways, is court man- therapy that's mandated by the court is that the same as anger management? <laughs> Because, of course, I mean, I know I'm not the only one that thought so, about the movie with Adam Sandler <laughs> and her I mean, so the thing is, is that once upon a time, people often, they thought it was synonymous. So they thought mm. that, you know, because, again, part of anger management, um, because ironically, I actually had to run an anger management group. Part of it oh. is um, you do get started on identifying your triggers which is just another which is just another way of saying identifying things that piss you off (laughs) as people like to say um so you kind of get started with that you get started with recognizing your patterns you you know when you know how people say oh i go from zero to 100 you kind of work on that so it's more of a gradual thing um, with the hopes of, again, you kind of reach a certain point and you kind of bring it back. You don't go to the full 100. Mm. Um, but they aren't the same 
they are similar, but therapy goes a lot more deeper into it was just like not advertising. just yeah. So anger management is if you know someone is very explosive, if someone has a hard time, um, you know, exercising self control, they just fly off the handle at almost a moment's notice if you're not careful. Um, but again, anger management works on and several people I've I've known and met some people that have been been to anger management a couple of times because you know whether they just weren't ready whether they just kind of did it just so they can say they done it but the same thing with therapy um you know like anger management and therapy if you make the most of it if you really commit to it and take it seriously and work to try to get all that you can out of it it is a rewarding um it's a rewarding time and it's not time wasted because you really work on yourself and you really begin to you know put on put on the table uh -uh, put all on the table um <laughs> just what i guess no pun what, intended on that one <laughs> Just what's been really going on. Just what's no been seats. just what's in your head, what's in what skeletons lie in your closet, so to speak. Um, so yeah, it's just in a long winded sort of way, no, they're not the same. However, both if you if you really apply yourself and take it seriously, it is for your betterment, which I think that Everybody should um, should do, whether you're doing one or the other or both. Hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for answering my question. <laughs> because I really was curious. Um, I know I'm almost done with my degree, but there's so much I don't know. And I'm okay with that at this point in life. But thank you. So, okay. Now... <laughs> What, what's, because I know you've worked with the, like with the, those that are transitioning from one population, if you will, to another, as in from prison to freedom. Um, and that's kind of like a whole mandated situation. Am I right? Yeah. Most of them are some, there have been like a handful that has been voluntary, which. Interesting. Um. Which is which is interesting, but yeah, for the for the most part, most of them, it's sort of all embedded to where it's like you know you get you get these services kind of waiting for you, and as with everything, and this is kind of like the unspoken, but it's it's really the pivotal point in all of this, and that is is that it's there for you to take advantage of. If you don't use it, you will lose it. Just whether it's something you do, whether it's you don't engage as much. Um, and this is not just for those who are mandated. This is just even those on the other side. Um, you know, as I always tell, as I tell anybody, it's really take it seriously and make the most of it because... 
It's your life. This is your life you're talking about. This is your life you're dealing with. And I think that's kind of the main, one of the main points in all this, if not the main point, and that is, is that this is your life. This is your experience, your truth, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, if you know there is something pressing on your mind, on your heart, if you know that, if you see patterns about yourself that you want to work on, that's really the, that's really one of the main points and focal points of therapy is to protect. If y'all could see this man's face, <laughs> because I mean, but it's, but it's 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 you know, and and people just think that like, oh, you deal with emotions and you deal with that, but it's like if you if you think about it, there's a lot that we feel both good and bad whether it's sadness fear pain anger i think the issue is that we try to separate we don't try to process our feelings um we try to separate it like i ain't mushy i ain't no we ain't finna go there and i'm changing my language literally because that's the way it is in my head half the Mm -hmm. time it's like nah we ain't got time to be emotional What's from A to B or A to Z, what are the different steps that I need to take to get this done? Or like, what Mm. do I need to do? And the emotional side of it, I don't address. And I did not address until relatively recently because I realized that that's a problem. Because if you don't address it now, it's going to come out later, whether it comes out and you, I don't know, um, a whole lot of stuff happening and then you blow up and then all this other stuff that came, that happened 10 years ago is coming out now. Or it happens with unexpressed feelings uh, from, say, your past, which I'm watching a family member go through that now. You have unexpressed feelings towards someone that's not, that hasn't been here in 30 years um, and issues that happened 30 years before that. So 60 years worth of stuff, you never address it. And now that you're older, which this person now is over 70, actually 75, now it's all coming out and it's almost looking like it's dementia, but it's not. Yeah. Or you have the common thing that I notice a lot of people, it's you get into relationship after relationship after relationship. And it's, and if you're not careful, which I've seen far too often, you find yourself running into the same issue in each relationship. Because I think you're la- you're lacking the same thing and you don't realize you're lacking it because you haven't addressed the emotions and mm-hmm. the stuff that went along with that with the previous relationship. So you're going to the same thing and looking for something because that's what you're comfortable with and then looking for something to fill or dress I, I would say probably fill or fill the space of or address the one thing that you've been missing across the board, but you haven't put the fat, you haven't put the two together and like, wait, mm-hmm. it's a problem. You're looking for the same person. That's where the issue is. They don't have what you need, but you don't realize that because you're going after what you want. What? Interesting. Yeah, y'all, this, this is, deep. This is layered. This is layered. So it's, again, it's. That's why I wanted to touch on this because it's like. I mean, because either and with the mandated reporting aspect, either you are forced into kind of touching on these things or you voluntarily do it. 
not mandated reporting. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Wrong thing. Wrong thing. Mandated count, mandated therapy. Either you're forced to, or well, at least you're put in a position where it's it's heavily, it, yeah. heavily recommended, or you're voluntarily putting yourself in that space of, okay, I need assistance in this area. And it's, it's major, but I, I, again, going back to the different scenarios that we talked about where if it's not addressed now, it's going to be addressed somehow because it's going to come out in some way. So it's, yeah, I, I just wanted to speak to that a little bit. But yeah, and it's true because, I mean, because to your point though, it's like you have a lot of people who, you know, who is almost kind of like they go deeper down that rabbit hole of not saying anything or doing anything, just responding, responding, reacting, reacting, responding, responding, reacting, reacting. And then it's like, you don't even realize how far the enemy done took you because now you look back or you look up and you realize how much you have to climb up and out of. Well. And heck yeah, it's easier to be like, well, bunk it, I'm here. So what's the point? But it's like, you don't even realize what what's up there waiting for you. Well. You know, all the things that you secretly want for yourself, but don't, again, but you don't speak to it because of, you know, out of fear or out of worry, you know, anxiety, all of that. And you, and you, you know, you, you buy into that self-fulfilling prophecy of, you know, this is who I am, but it's like, is that really who you are? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, See, and the reason, okay, so perfect segue into that, um, (laughs) is when you are in the field of counseling um, or therapy in any way and um, you have to play into the space of okay this is my job this is my duty whatever you know whatever your thought process is yet you're dealing with stuff that you also have not done with yourself Um, or you're or you know and you're aware of okay I have a problem here but I can't stop working because at at the end of the day this is my job Uh and or um, you are having that meeting with the client. You already, you everybody deals with stuff. Everybody mm-hmm. has stuff. When, again, um, whether you feel like you need therapy for it or not, everybody got their stuff, period. Um, so you have that one client that is very similar to you, has a similar experience as you. Say they were, I am going a little bit left with this one. Say, oh, no, I won't do that. Um, say, they just got out of a 10-year relationship and a whole lot of junk happened within that and they feel like it's a waste of time. And say it was the same for you, your divorce that you just went through about a year ago and you're still dealing with custody issues with that ex-husband. Literally had a conversation with a friend that that's the case right now, um, today. So it's like you have, but then you're the therapist. And so when you have a, a you have a client that's dealing with the same thing, you're triggered and now you can't even effectively do your job. And the reason why you even you're even putting it off was because you wanted to just do your job because that's how you get paid. 
just it's a it's a vicious cycle it and is. we have to make that space and, to address but i think that's one of the main reasons why they they tell us and i know you probably heard this too is you have to be comfortable with the uncomfortable because and i can just say this just from my personal experience that there's often times where and I just have to chalk it up to the Lord doing it. <laughs> You'll find yourself either sitting across with someone, as you mentioned, or you'll just, you'll be, you know, you'll be working with someone and you'll come across issues or things that if you have not dealt with. They're going to deal with you. Right. <laughs> or... You know, and or or even if you think you have, you know, be prepared because everything in you is gonna wanna be like gonna wanna pull that person and you know and <laughs> do the and do what you gotta do to save them. But it's Yank like, them. like, come on now, you know. But you have to. You have to trust the process and you have to do what you're trained to do. Um, but as 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 you have mentioned and, and I do agree and that is is that you have to everybody should not be afraid to deal with their stuff or deal with what's happening, even if it's even if it's resurfacing, because the breakthrough and this true like they say it's it's better to break to go through and break through something than to stay the same and remain and nothing change because that is a death it's a quiet death and it's not it's worse it's a it's a it's a really ugly feeling to just to just remain the same and not even try to elevate yourself because like I always like I always tell people it's I'd rather see you cry, I'd rather you cry and let it out that way than to drink the bottle every day. Or to hit the pipe every day. Or to eat the food every day. Or to constantly go around hurting other people. Because you're hurt. And don't want to accept it or acknowledge it. Mm. Set a mouthful. That's just my two cents on that. I mean... So... We have a few minutes. Yes. What is it, if you can... And I won't ask for a lot, but is... What is it that you see either within yourself or within other colleagues um, areas that they probably need to deal with that they don't and are still practicing as therapists? I think a lot of us, and I don't know if you're there yet where you are, but a lot of us have imposter syndrome. I'm and for those of you, you already know. And for those of you who don't know what imposter syndrome is, it's you feel as though you're, you don't know what you're doing, even though 
you have the knowledge and the education there to know what you're doing. And I can just say that because I know that's come up for me and that's come up for my colleagues. A lot of us have imposter syndrome. Like, it's just the thing. Like, because, you know, again, you 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 feel inadequate at times. You feel like, am I good enough? Am I, am I doing this right? And it's a lot of the times, not even all, a lot of the times, all of the time, you're right on the nose. It's just... <laughs> You have to, and this is something I think you even reminded me of, and and my and my family reminds me of. It's 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 owning it's owning your knowledge, owning what you know, who you are, and I'm and I'm talking and I'm not talking you in this role. I'm talking about owning who you are, and owning what you know because. your clients need that, believe it or not. You know, many people are going to look at you if you are a clinician as, oh, you know. And so it's like, not to play into that, but it's like, you know, just do it, but do it in a way, but do it with some grace. Do it with some, you know, because again, you're gonna make those minor mistakes here and there, whether it's with the intervention stuff like that. But be compassionate with yourself. Be patient with yourself. Be gracious in that regard because you know what you're doing. And as and as they say, and as and as many mentors and as many professors will tell you, like if it makes you feel better, you're not really gonna know. Any, you're not really gonna know what you're doing anyway until about ten years. <laughs> so you're gonna have time. <laughs> So, if nothing else, just remember, you have time to figure out, okay, I know what I'm doing. Because you really do know what you're doing. <laughs> you do. It just may, you may not see it, or it may not feel like it, but you know what you're doing. I so. feel like that can play for you, because then you put more effort in. I think right. where the right. issue comes in is when you've been doing it for 10 years, no, I won't even say 10. We'll go into like 20 years. People that have been um, practicing for a longer time, it's like you get comfortable in your knowledge and that's where it can become a problem in the aspect of you know what you're doing. I get what you're saying. It makes sense for those that are newer, but I think the more seasoned you get, the more harder it is um, to tell you that you, okay, wait, wait, you still don't know, <laughs> or you probably need to go back and get some training. It's been like 20 years since you've had this kind yeah. of thing. And the, so, good, thing, and the yeah. good thing about this field, which, uh, which, you know, which again, it actually serves to eliminate that, or at least mm-hmm. it should. And that is, is that you have to, in the state of California, you have to stay abreast. You have to stay <laughs> updated. You have to stay learning. In the state of California. So it's like, (laughs) even when you think you know, there's still always room to grow. And I think that's kind of where, like you said, it does serve us right now because it's like you push yourself. You, you Mm -hmm. know, you use that as kind of like a way to make sure you're doing all that you can. Just try not to burn yourself out doing it. 
you just again show yourself that grace, that patience, that compassion of you're doing the best you can and you're doing all that you can. Again, I say in the state of California. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true. It's not always like, and I've had, unfortunately, some horror stories from some of my friends in Chicago that are seeing uh, therapists. And I do have the S on that one. Um, that I've seen some that have younger therapists, some that I've worked with older ones. And it seems to be, and it's not the same people, uh, mind you. So, But it seems to be a common thread of, they kind of get the help, but kind of don't. And I mean, they're sticking with the process. Like it's been six months. It's been seven months. And they're like, I'm still not seeing the results we have. And I start asking questions of, well, okay, what are some of your, um, what's some of the homework that they've given you? Some haven't had any homework. Um, what's some of the things that you do in therapy? What are some of the exercises? They're like, well, we just talk about our weekend. It's like, wait. What? So I will say it's based on the state. <laughs> I will say that. But, and I won't say that that's because it's not, it's not just saying that Chicago's isolated in that regard, but plainly, um, I know from one state to the next, and I mentioned this before, it is, it varies on um, the, mm, the push to continuously perfect the craft. Right. And as a minister, the downside is that you, to your point of imposter syndrome, hello, look at the news. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Right. We see so much stuff happen with so many ministers across this country and outside of this country. Um, yeah. Uh, it's because burnout happens very easily, especially if you're a pastor. Um, Because you have people that are not pastors, that are ministers. And I think that's, just to clarify, just because you're a licensed or ordained minister does not mean that that person's also a pastor. Just to put that out there, because I get that all the time. I'm like, no, I'm not a pastor at all. Ordained affirms, excuse me, as a prophet, but I don't have my own ministry, if you will. I say that so loosely because I don't like the the use of that phrase, my ministry. But as far as the burnout, oh, imposter syndrome, the stuff that, and and especially if we don't maintain a relationship with, and I saw, I, I experienced it. My first year of being ordained was so rough because I actually was ministering at the time and I had to lead the Bible studies. I had to preach on Sundays. I had to, it was a lot. And the burnout came because I was also doing work for the person that really for the whole ministry. So as far as like the graphics, the press releases, press kits, like I, my personal time with the Lord, what I, that was never really something that was taught to me. It's like, yeah, you're doing work for the church and you're studying for this, but what about you, your personal relationship? And I didn't realize how quickly burnout could happen. I got burned out within my first year of ministry. Burned all the way out. And I've learned, and to the point of the imposter syndrome, um, (laughs) I found myself in that space of, wait, do I really know this? Wait, no, yeah, I do. And it's like, but it it was flip side. It's like I could preach it all day. But then when it came to me and my 
personal relationship it was just like wait what <laughs> wait am right. I sure okay and I was just second guessing a lot more but that was because I didn't have my check-ins that I needed to have I I did but I didn't because yeah my my leader was what what she was but and that was for a smaller ministry like larger churches like there's it's so it's so um complex and layered when it comes to the balance needed for a pastor minister anyone in leadership and uh in the church a balance is needed so that you can actually be effective because what happens in your prayer closet your personal time is actually the thing that brings life to whatever it is that you're preaching right and and as you were saying i was just really thinking about like just any just any profession really when you're when you're working with other people right whether it's their teaching capacity or or a medical you know capacity Mm -hmm. or like even you know just anything like you said whether whether it's leadership considered or not it's you need you need that you need you need that balance like you said because to your point of what's in the news you have a lot of people combating the imposter syndrome with arrogance and pride and so you have you know and hello we've met people where it's like they know it all you can't tell them that they're like can't see my face. you know like they have this they have this thing about them and it's like you can't tell, but the thing is, is that they've, they feel like they've had to prove themselves. And so they're right. And so there's really an insecure person behind all of that because they really don't know. Anything. Yeah. And it's, it, but, and I think you said something too, that's true. And it's related to personal time, your prayer time. And it's like, you have, to, you have to do that. And I don't mm-hmm. think those kind of people do that because it's like, they're steady trying to prove themselves. They're steady every chance they get. And so you have the burnout, but mm-hmm. you don't really see the burnout because it's like there's this whole other, there's this big old ego to where it's like, <laughs> I, this is what I do, and this is uh, and this is where I am until the rug is pulled out from under you, and it's like, hello, you're on the news for doing something you should have. So, I, I might I ascribe our next, because um, I'm looking at the time, yeah. y'all. <laughs> Shorter time, remember? Um, I'm thinking that my, my, my question that I would pose is, do you think that pastors and leaders in the church need to also have therapy? Or be involved in therapy, like actual therapy, not just the Christian therapy, but actual therapy. I mean, well. I think we kind of touched on that a little bit, but that's a resounding yes. Mm-hmm. I think anybody, whether you're giving, whether you're feeding someone spiritually, you're feeding someone in terms of their life in in the form of therapy, whether you're giving them medical advice in the form of being a doctor, whether you're giving them just basic facts or education like a teacher or it's always different for someone that's in spiritual leadership yeah you serving someone i mean saying that to say especially in that (laughs) especially in that arena because all these all the arenas outside of that you need it but you definitely need it on that side because you're dealing you're dealing with 
you're dealing with the intangible mm. and you're dealing with something that is um, a personal choice for people and hmm. especially now in 2021 and even prior to that it's being attacked mm. and you definitely yeah <laughs> need the extra support all right. Well, that is it for this evening yes, for this segment. All in all, though, I hope y'all took away some from this because it will be is continued, needed. though. Yes, it is definitely needed. It is definitely required because because I think we need to dig more into what like what that needs to look like. How and if we're going to talk about mental health reform. Um, who actually needs it. And if you're talking about people that are in leadership in higher places, a lot of them don't think that they mm-hmm. do. So let's talk about that so, next yeah. time though. <laughs> yes. So yeah, y'all. So again, um, I hope y'all took, took away something from this. Follow us on IG, uh, the future Dr. Zoe for myself. Say it loud, S-S-A-Y, it loud for Lady Z. Uh, feel free to DM us your questions or comments or just if you have any topic uh requests let us know um and yes the youtube channel will be coming very soon like i said we are finalizing the first video so once that happens be sure to follow us and we'll give you guys all that info next time yeah so we will holla y'all have a good weekend be safe We'll check in with y'all soon. Yeah. Peace. Holla.